Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. This is Coach's Corner 17, March 23rd. I'm here with actually just Ian Murray this morning. Um, Taya is running a bit late. I'm hoping she'll join us here in the middle of our um, recording. But you've got me, Jason Flores, and Ian Murray. Ian, how's it going? I know you just got in from a run. How was it? That was fantastic. Uh, right nine miles, right around an hour. So pretty stoked with that. It's uh, you know 94% humidity here. So that was oh a rough, my. Rough one. <laughs> Oh my, it is actually raining here in California and it is a it is a cool, cool sixty-one degrees outside. So <laughs> Hey, but you could be in the northeast right now. They're uh, that, they're getting they're a little moist as well, except I believe it's white moisture. A little bit of moist. You know, a lot of people really love that word moist, Ian. <laughs> All right, so this is kind of what uh, Ian and I were calling a a free ride um, as far as uh, um, Coach's Corners today. We're going to go kind of off the cuff. We're going to be talking about a couple things happening, specifically about our recovery week. Um, Our coaches um, took sort of a break, but I know a lot of us are doing a lot of work with our goals. But for the endurance lab, our riders are taking kind of a week off to get ready for the next lab. So during this week, it was kind of just an open ride, letting people get back to some of their social rides or possibly jumping into a race. So hopefully we'll see. Um, after this week's of post, kind of what people had going on um, as we get ready for the performance lab, which we'll talk a little bit about today. Um, but before that, you know, or let's just jump straight into um, this week in the lab and uh, kind of the different things. And I know Ian had a couple things to, tra- um, to talk about. Um, and during this time, what do we see um, lab riders doing this during this week um, without much uh, else going on as far as structure, Ian? No, Jason, it's actually for a lot of the folks, they, they were getting out, like you said, jumping in some old group rides or just trying to feel how they how they uh, how their legs are coming around, getting a little recovery and putting in some efforts. I know we had a couple who jumped on their mountain bikes and went out and tore tore up the trails a little bit and had a great time. Um, I know a lot of people had some good plans. Uh, we had Andy who was going to be racing and mm-hmm. it got snowed out in England, yeah. which yeah. is pretty stoked about. And uh, we had a couple other people who were planning on getting out and racing this weekend as well. And, uh, had quite a bit of bad weather, so uh, I don't think it was as fun as a lot of people imagined it would be, especially for the uh, you know the week before the beginning of spring, but uh, or the week of the beginning of spring. So it just is what it is. It's uh, it's weather; you can't control it. But I think a lot of people were just having a good time and relaxing. And uh, you know, for the lab wise, one of the things we talked about it briefly with some of the lab riders, and uh, even during these off weeks, these the core workouts are important to keep going on. You don't have to do the hard, mm-hmm, the hard. Mm-hmm weight strength workouts where you're crushing yourself and you have to pick yourself up off the floor because you're a giant puddle of goo afterwards. Um, (laughs) Those are fun and I enjoy doing those. But uh, when you're trying to get this recovery in and get a little bit of, you know, get your body back into it, you know, those little short 15 minute uh, workouts like, like Taya's on the video and uh, Mm -hmm. just doing some, some light balance and structure work. That's, that's what's really important just to maintain. So you don't get back on the bike, you don't get back in the pool or get out running and you have these nice little twinges because your back or your form, your back's off, your form's off, things like that. 
Absolutely. I think um, um, coming off of um, a race that I did, um, I definitely just posted about it. It was um, a 100K race. Really didn't have any of those kind of weird, you know, lower back twinges. Um, so often I'd see people um, in the group that I was with kind of stand up and stretch and do this sort of thing. And this year, um, less than um, probably every other year with um, the amount of strength work that I've been um, working with, um, athletes and the endurance lab, I think has really paid off. So making sure that we continue those things and really make it a part of our season, even though now that we're kind of backing off and maybe doing one or two of those workouts in a week, um, I think it's still important to keep keep going because um, those muscles are there. We spent that time, you know, 16 weeks, you know, building those things. Um, and it sounds like um, you have a lot of new workouts coming, Ian, because I know I'm testing oh, one out yeah. later today, right? Oh, yeah. So that was one of my, this my prison yard workout. Um, it's, uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I tested it out yesterday with some, uh, folks at work and I, I don't understand why they keep doing it, but they keep showing up every Tuesday and Thursday to do my workouts. <laughs> so so is, it, it's an optional thing at, uh, at work. How does that work out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's an optional thing. I have one guy, I have uh, two guys from my office who go do it and, uh, they do it cause they keep trying to say that the boss is not going to break me and I break him every week. And then nice. I have a couple other people, uh, from other offices in the, in, you know, at work and they, they show up and do it. And, and it's quite comical because they just complain and complain and complain about them, but then they come up and do, they come in and do it. You know, so. um, for, for for a lot of you guys that uh, don't know what Ian does, you can just picture Ian in this like uh, really hipster, um, slim pants, a slim white t-shirt, Whoa. and a skinny tie doing these workouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no. <laughs> what, what, what's your what's your normal attire for work, Ian? Um, it depends. So we have one day a week where I definitely wear a suit because we have uh, different meetings. Yeah. Um, and then most of the rest of the week, I'm in, I'm in uniform or, yeah. um, or suit. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> but hey, so, so I do have to call you out, Jason. So all the, everyone who's been doing these lab work, the, the lab workouts and wondering why we throw in these bits of surging and these hard efforts after long mm-hmm. SSTs, um, yeah. Jason, Jason in his race, which he's, he's wildly <laughs> underplaying threw down 705 Watts in the yeah. last 800 meters to, to take yeah. his group. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was kind of very, um, like, I, I guess, um, uh, to say the least, uh, Chris Haskell, very cagey, uh, to go, um, during the ride, I saw a lot of surging happening, but I kept it all kind of in the bag, making sure I was just doing enough to get over every hill, um, making sure I was keeping myself kind of, um, tame just to make sure I was in the draft. Um, and I was rolling over, which is really important. I found myself kind of, um, right in the zone as people were going up the hill, they would keep a steady, steady pace. But you know what? And we talk about it so much. People would let off like a hundred meters before the top because they can kind of see their horizon. And what I would do at that point is just give a little bit of effort right at threshold. It would bring me to the front of the group and I would actually start resting on the downhill before even people got over because they would actually have to put one last effort to jump over the over um, each of the little hills that we had. And it was so effective to kind of roll the roll the hill, that little surge that I was so used to, to be under um, like around SST or even below, because sometimes people, your group isn't going to go SST and you're not um, you're, your threshold and you're not going to go to your <laughs> threshold. You're going to ride that group and then you're going to surge over. And then be able to get that rest as everybody kind of regroups together. Oh my gosh, it helped over and over in every single hill. So um, it really put a little bit in the bag for me to be able to um, 
to kind of have that little bit. The group didn't all get up and sprint, you know, at that thousand meter mark. A lot of people were just kind of rolling in together. Um, they just didn't have it in their legs. I couldn't stand up. I'll tell you truthfully that. But if you know, <laughs> but if you, but if you know how I, but if you know how I like to ride, I am, I'm kind of the long, I'm kind of the long sprint guy. I'm like the 1500, thousand meter out, just put my hands on the bar and just like, just throw it in the pain cave. And I was able to do that. Um, the finish was uphill. Um, I tried one step standing up and there was no way. So I just kept it down and as hard as I could all the way to the finish. No, that's yeah. great. I mean, that's, that's one of the things we cover a lot on skills and drills about is positioning, saving yourself and having that energy at the end. Because as they say, it doesn't matter how long you're on the front. It matters when you're on the front. And, exactly. Uh, and, you know, we, yeah. we, we try to focus a lot of our workouts in the, in the lab that are designed to give you that end of race power. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, it's hard. You know, a lot, that means a lot of these workouts we're going to do, you're going to blow up in. And that's one of the things mm-hmm. kind of in ahead a little bit talking in the lab where a lot of people talk about, wow, towards the end of the lab, I just I couldn't hit the power target sometimes by the end of these workouts, especially in the VO2 ones. Yeah. And, you know, that's, we, we responded that that's, that's important to understand that that's okay. That's kind of designed that way. But if you're, if you're easily hitting your, your targets by the end of the workout in week eight, um, you probably need to reevaluate what your targets are because, uh, uh, yeah, they're a little low. That's a good point. Um, and I did an exercise with one of our riders, um, Dean, and he did the uh, VO2 max of 555. And what we did is we took, um, and, and took a look at how close he did. Um, to each of the intervals. So around interval one, uh, interval two, let's say there's five intervals, you should be about on target. Around three, you should probably see a small drop, single digit, around two or three percent. If you get down around four or five percent or any more than that by your fourth or fifth, that's about where we want the hardest workouts to be like five, five, five. Any more than five percent, we're looking at you're probably off and um, may need to kind of um, adjust things like Ian was saying. But most, more than likely, if you are in the lab and you are dialed in like you are, you're going to find that these workouts are going to be exactly um, where they need to be. And you'll find times where you cannot finish the workout. And actually, I started the first week of Performance Lab to be um, one week ahead of our riders to get a little bit of insight. The new workouts are amazing, you guys. I designed a a handful of them. I know Ian's doing a lot of the strength, um, and Taya does a a good amount of um, the workouts, but we all kind of had our hands in these these, um, coming eight weeks, and uh, there is a lot of climbing, a lot of low cadence, and a lot of punchiness, and it's going to fit exactly for what you need. Um, And we're moving away and trying to make you fast for your Zwift races, but this is going to make you fast in your group ride. This is going to make you fast at your goal races. This is going to make you fast, you know, in the in the bike section of your, you know, multi-sport run. It's going to allow you to have that strength, that confidence that it's something you don't need to worry about. It's in the bag and the fitness is going to be there. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely a, a big point there. And, you know, talking about the multi-sport folks, it's, it's also important to understand this. That same thing carries over in the swim and the, and the run. You know, when you get out of a track workout and it's maybe, you know, 8, 12 or 16 by 400 meters, the first 400 meters should actually feel pretty easy. The first few mm-hmm. of them, I mean, they're still going to be hard. You're pushing. Don't, don't get me wrong, but you shouldn't finish that 400 meter gas. Cause if you do, you're not going to be able to hold in the last ones. And, and that's the, the important part. I actually always start my 400s. So if I'm doing, for example, 12 by 400, my first set of four, of four, 400, four, four hundreds are all going to be probably the slowest four I do. Um, and, and, and I'm not talking five, 10 seconds slower than the rest. I'm talking two or three, maybe four seconds from slowest to fastest spread. But consistently, those will be on the slower end because I'm, A, still warming my body up a little bit, but B, trying to 
control myself. And that's, and I find for me, and most people have that, they have a hard time controlling themselves at the beginning of a race. So I do it yeah. at the track. I force myself to control it when I want to just blow the doors off. It, it's, it's, it's really funny. I, um, at the start of the 100K race, there's a neutral section. It's about um, maybe five, uh, two or three K. And um, I was afraid that people were just going to go out like a, just like a, because like race? A, all, it, yeah, I was trying to think of the right word without being too mean, but yes, like a Zwift race where everyone was going to go hard. And it, and it kind of started really, you know, kind of just mundane and normal. And then all of a sudden there were gaps and we're still in neutral. And so I'm like, we need to kind of close up because as soon as we make the final turn onto the actual like course uh everyone's just gonna go crazy so i started <laughs> i started kind of mushing everyone i was like unless you want to ride alone everybody better close the gap we are way too far away from that group ahead of us everyone's got to close this before the end of the neutral so <laughs> like, yeah pretty much and and so we got we were able to get a group together because there was only like um we were in a group of 10 but there was like 25 or 30 ahead of us and maybe less than 100 meters and i was like get up get up we are not going to ride alone get up we have to get with that group ahead of us and luckily it all kind of came together right before the start finish line we made the turn on and then all of a sudden everyone got really conservative like we went to the first climb and i was like this is it and thank goodness the group we were with it wasn't like hammerheads like and, you know, there's some people who went off the front, but you know what? A couple, you know, maybe 10K, 15K, we ended up catching them. But um, the group started, like, thinking, and, and it was really low power. And I just kind of rolled with it. But it's really strategy because, like, you have to pick. And how far is that group ahead of you? Can you close that gap or will the group close it for you? So it's really interesting. So just, just to talk yeah, about kind of blowing up and, that, and knowing <laughs> what power you could be in, you know? Well, speaking of blowing up, uh, let's talk a little bit about food. Um, yes, you know, absolutely. Your, uh, that's your uh, your warm, that gives you a warm and fuzzy anytime we talk about nutrition. It does, it does, and this is one of the topics that are kind of that kind of um, I had an idea, and so what I'm going to do is actually kind of bring some of those topics that we normally have in the feed zone. We're going to bring it here into the coach's corner. So in particular, I wanted to highlight um, something called um, that we've talked about in the past called nutrition in the off season. So this kind of highlights things not so much in the off season, but even on recovery weeks and even on recovery days. And so it kind of cycles in, um, in and out of um, kind of what you're, what you're using your nutrition for. Essentially, you want to cycle on and off in a way where you're able to fuel the workouts that you're doing. So for this week, we're not doing a whole lot of intensity. We might be doing one race or something like that. So it's really important that you're not starving yourself, but you are, you are going to naturally eat less. What you want to do is actually um, make sure you focus on nutrient-dense High calorie, um, high calorie foods. Um, so you want to make sure you're going to those big salads with those high nutrition. You know, Ian loves loves greens. When he came to California, that's all I fed him when he came here. <laughs> so as long as they were meat, that's, that's as long as, yeah, meat on top of the salads. So, but keeping the quality on these days, understanding that there's not going to be a whole. Um, large need of um, carbohydrates like there are during training um, and making sure that you're looking at the nutrients that you're putting in. Because when you have back-to-back -back training, there's no way um, you can fuel every single day, day after day with these huge, you know, portions of, you know, greens to get your carbohydrates. You're going to need to put starchy vegetables like uh, potatoes, um, sweet potatoes for that. Yeah, sweet potatoes are great, you know, steaming, those sort of things. And, um, you know, white rice, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, if you, if you got any of the menus from Team Camp, I pretty much served, you know, almost five pounds of rice in two days to everybody. So, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big source of those sort of things when we need the carbohydrates to put in. Um, but on the days that we're not, 
um, moving to things to that have more um, high protein source um, can be very, very useful. So just kind of cycling on and off and keeping that in mind. So rest days, rest weeks, and then even in the off season, um, keeping those lower grams of carbohydrates um, per kilogram essentially, but making sure that you maintain the protein. And that's key. So think about how much you weigh in pounds um, or kilograms and getting the number that you need, which is about one it's about one to one as far as pounds. So if I weigh 160, you're looking at 160 grams of um, uh, protein per day, kind of um, very close to 0.1. So it's an easy number to kind of remember, making sure you get that in. That's important because we don't want muscle loss um, because we are still doing some strength work. So keep that in mind for your off-season days, your rest days, and, and cycling that on and off. I'll bring the topic into uh, the endurance lab for our, a little bit of chat here. But what I'm probably going to do is introduce a new topic for the first week, for example, of the of um, the performance lab, and then I'll bring it in and I'll kind of summarize and talk about it at the end of the week after we've chatted about it. So that's a new thing for uh, the next eight weeks, and that'll be in the feed zone inside the coach's corner. So, Ian, what's your um, rest day kind of look like uh, for food and food and that sort of thing? What's a rest day, Jason? Oh, I know, I know. How about a day, <laughs> no, less, a, a less intense day for uh, for food, I no, guess so, it would be. So I actually do, so speaking of rest days, I, I, I have a system that I, I use up until actually this week, it'll change. So for the vast majority of my training until I start getting into race specificity, I do three weeks, I do 20 days of training uh, or three weeks on with no rest day and then I do a recovery week with a rest day. So wow. basically, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it, it beats me up a little bit, but I'm now switching off as my, I get in my race specificity. I'm going to try and take a rest day or just a swim day once mm-hmm. a week. So on mm-hmm. Sundays, I'll either rest or, or I'll just get up and swim a couple thousand and keep it fairly light. Uh, but, you know, what I do is I, I get up in the morning on a rest day. I, I drink my coffee. I relax. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll, I'll eat my breakfast. And I'll admit sometimes rest day breakfast because I have time to cook <laughs> breakfast is pancakes uh, or waffles. Um, but it always has fruit in it, fruit in it, always blueberries or something like that. So I get my yeah. antioxidants and then, um, you know, and then later on during the day, I'll have a light, a light lunch snack. Um, and then in the, in the evening, since usually it's on a Sunday is my rest day, I'll, I'll, I'll grill up some chicken, uh, or, or, uh, pork chop, something like that. A nice lean meat, um, sometimes a, a tuna or salmon. And, uh, we'll have that usually with sweet potato of some sort and some greens in there. Um, sometimes lunch is a salad, but you know, because it's a rest day, I'm not, I'm not putting a, a ton of calories, uh, yeah. comparatively. So I don't necessarily have a big lunch, but, um, I do snack a little bit throughout the day with some, uh, with some nuts or a little bit of cheese with, with some turkey or something like that, just to, to keep kind of feeding the metabolism, but also get some good nutri- uh, nutrients in there without having to sit down for a full meal. Absolutely. And so um, kind of on the flip side, so on days uh, that I rest, I actually use the time to um, to do a little bit of um, kind of intermittent fasting or just kind of a longer fast. So overnight, of course, um, let's say I worked out, um, you know, day one. Um, that night I would have um, slept, obviously, you know, anywhere from uh, six to eight hours. I'd wake up. I would do coffee, coffee to your water, probably till lunch. So that'll put me about um, 16 or 18 hours, depending on what's going on at the office, um, without food. Essentially, it gives your body a reset, allows your body to kind of just digest um, all the food from, let's say, the workout days, or just let your body kind of also rest from digestion. And that's super important as you kind of get into the the nitty-gritty of your body and that sort of thing to be able to recoup. And then as I do start a meal, I'll start it off with, you know, um, a nice big, um, you know, source of protein, as well as um, some a good amount of greens. This is a day I could really, really pack in the mm-hmm. pack in the vegetables on this day. And then I'll do lunch. 
um, and then I'll do a dinner. Depending on if I'm um, going to work out the next day, I can tune it depending on more protein or less carbs. The dinner will be will set me up for the next day. Um, let's say it's another rest day, then I could easily do just protein and a lot of veg. Um, the other thing about it is like what Ian mentioned, those snacks of like um, nuts, seeds, um, and getting some of those like um, cheeses, those dairy, those dairies, sorry, those fat um, pro, uh, sources are very, very important during these off, off um, weeks too, because both protein and fat together will actually keep you pretty full during this time um, and not have to uh, switch off for those carbohydrates. So just another way of doing it. Um, that's how I kind of cycle it off on and off. A lot of my athletes do it that way, get a chance to kind of um, uh, rest and digest the, the your digestive system too. So um, different yeah, ways to it- kind of skin a cat. I think, yeah, and it is. Everyone has a little bit of difference. And I think that part of the difference is my rest day is always a day where I'm off of work. So, mm. so I get a chance to sleep more, and I didn't cover that. So oh, I'll wake up. Yeah. I'll usually go to bed on Saturday night, and I'll sleep till, until I wake up. No alarm, no nothing. Nice, and, nice. And then I usually take maybe a nap, another nap later in the morning after breakfast and maybe a, lot, a nap in the afternoon. So I try oh. to get a total of, including my night's sleep, you know, 10 to 12 hours of sleep on a rest day if I can. Oh my gosh. Uh, or, ha- or at least hashtag, being horizontal. <laughs> hashtag it being horizontal. Oh man, we if we had different people on the podcast. Um hashtag uh, <laughs> hashtag Ian has no kids and hashtag yes. Jason is so jealous that Ian gets ten hours of sleep. Yeah, so on sleep on my rest days is um is it's kind of tough. It, what happens is is um I end up having to shut it down early at the house. I make sure I do every single chore I can um, as soon as my son goes to sleep and then tell my wife that I'm going to go to sleep. Kind of tough to say. Um, so I'll go to sleep. And then because um, of that, I will try to go all the way up till when my son wakes up. Luckily, my son actually sleeps pretty well. He goes to sleep around 730 and he wakes up around 630. So there's 11 hour window. If I could sleep 11 hours every day, oh my gosh, I would be, I would have as much energy as my son. And Ian knows that he's got lots and lots oh, of energy. God. Yeah, trust me, I don't get 11 hours of sleep every day. That's, that doesn't happen. Uh, you know, it's, I, I usually get, I get up at five here, which is, I know, late for you, Jason, but um, yeah. uh, get to bed. I get to sleep usually around 10. So I, get, I try to get seven hours, but during the, once I get going at work, it, it's, it's nonstop. I don't, I eat lunch at my desk usually, which is a bad habit. No one should do it. Yeah. I do yeah. it because it's the only time I can eat and get work done with no one bothering me because they're all off eating in the cafeteria doing stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah that doing stuff yeah. all right all right so yeah. let's transition over to um on the horizon um so um i know we had spent a lot of time kind of um going back and forth on the performance lab but let's talk a little bit about what the next eight weeks is going to look like and how much stronger um the lab writers who pick up the performance lab are going to be so let me do a quick summary and then we'll kind of talk about the workouts so essentially it's going to be another eight weeks targeted um starting march 26 People are actually starting to um, get their workouts now. If you signed up, if you haven't signed up yet, head over to endurancelab.fit. Um, it's going to be focused on areas that really closely, more closely aligned to your rides, your events, your races that our athletes are planning to participate in the outdoor season. So much so that the workouts are actually designed to be um, either done indoor or outdoor. We have taken a very conscious effort to make workouts that are available and we've tested them to be able to do indoors or outdoors. Um, so the training plan essentially supports athletes preparing, whether it be for centuries, for your fondos, like the 100K race that I did, criteriums, road races, really getting that next level of base fitness up and ready to go. Um, you know, like since, we are, since we are training a lot indoors or very exclusively in the past eight weeks, this period will also benefit from those skills, but we'll be also taking some of those outdoors because they will start to focus on muscular endurance, 
anaerobic endurance, um, that essentially that VO2 max power up there and really trying to kind of harness that and bring that up over the next couple of weeks. So what, what could we expect, you know, now seeing kind of how it's all come together, it's, it's kind of a, kind of a, a thing of beauty as each of us kind of go in and kind of make our own tweaks. How do you feel like the eight, next eight weeks are going to go for our riders, Ian? No, I think it's, uh, if you look at a lot of what we're doing, there's a lot of race simulation built into this um, or effort workouts that, that mimic what you're going to do in a race. So not necessarily a race simulation, but you're going to see a lot of hard surges that go to VO2 and back and force you to clear that lactic acid and, and recover while still working. So an active, an active hard, hard active recovery to yeah. get right back into it. So your, your body's going to have to learn to, to adapt to those hard strenuous efforts but more importantly, recovering while at effort. And, mm-hmm, and that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that this is, this is a little different than, you, than you've probably seen in most other, other labs where it's a standard zone two, tempo, um, long ride, uh, and a VO2 max somewhere in there of your four, you know, a very standard plan like this. And, and almost everything we do in here in this lab takes a portion of a race, and it mixes it up between the crit type uh, rides the uh, road races, um, TTs, but every workout mimics a portion of that race, and usually right. it's a critical portion, a critical portion of it. Except we have to do a few zone two rides, so that that may mimic the neutral rollout. But um, but everything here mimics that critical portion of that key time of a race where you need to be able to respond or attack or teach your body to recover under pressure, and that's what I think is <clears throat> most people are going to really benefit off of. But I, I will say. While we design this so you can do a lot of this outdoors, please take a look. There's a few that I would not recommend yeah. doing outdoors, mm-hmm. uh, namely ones that if you feel you don't have the road uh, capacity yeah. as far as to not have to stop or, or break your tempo. But the other ones that if you believe you'll probably be seeing stars um, at the end of that, that interval or rep, like some of the VO2 reps that we're going to be doing at 140% yeah. of FTP. Um, yeah. I, I personally, back before there was, much training indoors, did a few of these outside. Uh, this was back probably 10 years ago. And I realized it was kind of dangerous when my tunnel vision started coming in as I was just burying myself. And I realized uh, I, I don't remember anything that was around me for the last minute and 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it could, be, it could be pretty dangerous there. And um, we've got some really cool weekends um, coming up where you could essentially stack um, for those that are riding kind of the Fondo Century longer rides, you can kind of stack some of the TT efforts, longer, more sustained efforts on top of tempo efforts. Um, and the thing about it is, and what was my key um, kind of workouts coming up to uh, um, the 100K race, because essentially it was three hours without a stop, like no bathroom breaks, no food breaks. I like pretty much Not carried true. everything. Uh, <laughs> well, you could pee. I don't pee on the bike. <laughs> And so, um, but what I was saying was stacking these weekends to kind of really mimic um, the workout. So the weekends coming in, I was able to stack some of the endurance lab workouts, even from this last eight weeks, to almost even be more intense than the almost two and a half to three hours of the race. So you could really get some race specificity depending on the length. And if you have some questions about how you can stack that up, let us know. But I think you're really going to like it. And the main thing is, is what Ian said. You're going to learn. There's gone are the days where in the middle of the interval, you just let off the pedal. What we're going to do is really, really put in that work. And what you're going to find is this extra layer that you're going to learn of how to recover at a tempo effort. 
at some effort to stay in that group um, and to really, really um, kind of use the time. So that hour to hour and 20 minutes, I think, is what's maxing out on the workouts. You're going to get such a bang for your buck on these workouts like you've never had before. So I'm super excited. Um, I'm already started the first week just so that the coaches are ahead of you guys um, and we can kind of answer questions for you. Um, I know Ian's got some really great workouts um, you know, planned um, moving forward. It's not super intense. Um, we're going to have some of those fun ones, but everything is looking great. So, Ian, you did, we kind of wrapped you up. Leave, well, you did leave off one part. You, you mentioned ahead. something being the most important, but I actually say the most important part for everyone to understand is there is also a multi-sport add-on for this for those who don't, right. have a, who don't have a targeted try because if you have a targeted try that's this year, we have a short course and long course program for you. That's right. If you're just wanting to keep in some multi-sport activity, we do have the uh, multi-sport add-on for this, which is going to add additional two runs and two swims. And, uh, you know, in the lab, we can talk about when you, when you should, what you should replace. But I, I try to design it where you don't have to drop off of any of the bikes um, if you don't need to, if you, if you don't want to. Um, it's probably smart to drop off one or two just for fatigue purposes. But, you know, us triathletes, we tend to be able to hold a higher TSS anyway. So it should be okay. Right. And I guess the last thing one was um, we also have, um, you can get feedback, right, from yep. one of the coaches. So you can actually do what's called a weekly weekly performance um, feedback um, for lab athletes. It's an add-on to your um, normal endurance lab. And what it is is um, if you're looking for personalized feedback on your performance, you essentially get assigned one of the coaches at the end of each week. A coach will do a quick review of your lab in the past seven days and provide overall comments and suggestions about, you know, in, a, in like a weekly email format just to see how you're doing, make sure everything and touch base and that you're meeting your goals. Um, a lot of coaches um, – a lot of athletes have been asking for this um, and have been getting some of it from the forum, from, you know, their colleagues and other writers. Um, but really, this would be a more kind of direct connection to one of us as the coaches. Essentially, we'll be able to kind of observe and then comment on your progress throughout the lab via email. And it's really perfect for the athlete looking for, you know, some individualized coaching um, in that sense or just a little bit more. But really, the... Um, the, the, the golden nugget of, of the endurance lab is the community, the community that shows accountability that you're doing workouts, the av availability of the coaches uh, to answer questions, and really just the whole group um, as a whole to be able to kind of um, get the training done all together. So take a look at that. It's a, it's a quick add-on um, for your weekly. It's called a weekly performance feedback for the lab athletes. So check that out in, at endurancelab.fit. Um, Ian, was there anything else for us on our uh, agenda, anything you wanted to bring up? No, I think we got we got it all covered. It's going to be a fun uh, next eight weeks. I'm looking forward to it. Um, now, actually, it'll be good for me because I've got about ten weeks before I have to pack up and move. So my uh, that's exciting. My uh, my involvement on actually on Zwift after the next seven after seventy days from now will be a lot lower. But I'll definitely still be involved day to day in the endurance lab, and I'll be out training outside mostly since that's awesome. I, I won't have my setup. Oh man, oh, I didn't realize that. So yeah, so um, yeah, so with that, um, really just wrapping up a recovery week here um, and a little free ride coach's corner. Um, just keeping in mind some of the things um, like making sure you're doing um, core work during the week, um, making sure you've got your nutrition in check and you're keeping um, a conscious effort of, of what you're putting in and um, that sort of thing during these um, either rest days or recovery weeks. Um, and then just looking forward to this um, next eight week in the, in the performance lab. If you're kind of 50-50 and teetering off the performance lab and do you really need it or do you really want it, I would say you really should kind of, um, if not only just, if even if you don't have a goal, race, or ride, um, it is, it's it's um, just fitness that you're going to have. You know, whether you just want to be fast for the group ride, it's going to get you where you want to go. 
Um, and if you've enjoyed any of the of the previous labs, you're going to enjoy this one tremendously. The workouts yeah, just get- it's important. It's important, Jason, understand that for these people who don't have a planned, you know, formal race, that if you're riding alongside somebody else, you're racing. Pretty much. <laughs> it, 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 that, that's pretty, it, all, it all comes down to being in a race. So you're right, Ian. So, all right. That's, that's so my the, wife. That's, how <laughs> that's funny. All right. So, that's, so from Ian and Jason here in the Coach's Corner, we hope you had a great recovery week. Um, and thanks for tuning in to the Coach's Corner. If you like what you're hearing here, check us out on YouTube. Click subscribe um, and head over to your favorite podcast app where you can search The Endurance Lab and click click subscribe there as well other than that we will see you next week for week one of the performance lab thanks everybody